In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Three in One who came to this earth, died for our sins, and gave us a glimpse of our own Easter's. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, in 1993 a novel was published. It later became a movie, but the book was better as it always is. The name of it was Big Fish. Yes, it is a great movie. And in Big Fish, what you see is you see this story of a man named Edward Bloom. And Edward Bloom is a, well, he's a salesman in the southern United States, but he's, he's a little bit different. He tells a lot of stories, and he has all of these stories of the adventures that he's been on, and his son is actually, well, interviewing him. And his son is a little bit skeptical, because he doesn't really think that all of the things that Edward Bloom said happened actually happened in real life, because they seem, well, just too big and too grand and too spectacular. And so he interviews his father, trying to find, well, the places where his father might be extending the story a little bit, where the fish maybe is a little bit bigger in the story than what it was in reality. And one of the most interesting things about Edward Bloom in this story is that Edward Bloom, at a young age, is given a gift and he's given this fantastic gift. This gift that, well, what maybe not all of us would really want to have, actually. It's this gift of knowing how he would die. And just like I was talking about in the children's message today, knowing how you could die would be an interesting thing for you and it was an interesting thing for Edward Bloom in fact he sits there and he sort of reflects on it and he says you know knowing how you could die well it could really screw you up is what he says because you could just sit there and the whole while talk about how you think about how you were going to die and that would just continue to compound over your brain and you would get stressed and you would have a horrible life but he says that there's another way to think about it that if you know how you're going to die well then you know what you're not going to die from. And so he was able to go on these wild adventures and do these things that would put his life in peril, but yet he knew that it wasn't going to kill him because he had been given a glimpse of the future, because he had been given that glimpse of how he was going to die. Well, this morning, Jesus gives us a glimpse of the future. A glimpse of His own future on that mountain of transfiguration. He takes three of His disciples up to this mountain. And while He is there, just so simply put, Matthew says, And there before them He was transfigured. 
And he changed in appearance. And all of a sudden he begins to glow and he begins to have the glory of God around him and on him. And then in the midst of all of that, you see Moses, the great lawgiver. And Elijah, the great prophet, there standing with Jesus and speaking with him. Talking with him like they had been used to doing this for a very, very long time. And there on that mountain of transfiguration, you begin to see a glimpse of perhaps what Jesus' experience was like when He wasn't on this earth. When He wasn't dealing with teaching the disciples, when He wasn't dealing with dying on that cross, that He was there in glory speaking to the greatest figures that we know of in the Bible. And there he gives these three disciples a glimpse of what that glory looks like. A little bit of a snapshot of what that might be like. And so it brings the question to mind. Would you want a glimpse? Would you want a sneak peek at what that was going to be like? I think most of us would probably just gut reaction say, of course I would love to see what heaven would be like. I'd love to see what Jesus' relationship with God and the Holy Spirit is like. Are they together all of the time or do they just get together for lunch? How does that work out? I would love to see what my life in the resurrection is going to be about. Are the streets really going to be paved with gold or was Paul just sort of being poetic? What's that going to be like? What's it going to be like on that resurrection morning when I get up and I know that I've already died? Well, I'd like you to think about that a little bit this morning. I'd like you to think and imagine in your mind this morning. You've died. Maybe it's a long time ago. Maybe it was just a few days ago, but you know that you know that you've died. You know that you were here, and then somehow you don't remember anything until this moment, and you're getting up, and oh, space is a little bit cramped all of a sudden, and the insides of everything. Well, it's maybe a little bit um, satiny, and. Or maybe you went the other route and maybe you're getting up and, well, there's a little urn over there. And you know that you've died and you know that you're on the other side of that equation. What's that going to be like? When you picture it in your mind, what kind of pictures come into your mind? What kind of smells come to mind? What kind of sounds are there in the background? What's it like? What's it like in the resurrection? What's it like getting up and having a body that is, well, it's a body, but there's no sin. And you can do all sorts of things that maybe you were never ever able to do, or at least things that you haven't been able to do in a very, very long time. 
running and skipping and jumping and having all sorts of energy like you were a six-year-old again. What's it like? What kind of visions are you coming up with? Well, there's one vision that probably might surprise you a little bit. You see, the one vision that we have of the resurrection, one thing that we know that is going to happen is that Jesus will stand in judgment over all of humanity. And I think you're all humans. And so I'm going to guess that that includes you. And that's going to be scary. That's going to be frightening. Because you know who you are. You know that you're a sinner. You know that I'm a sinner. You know that you have no place being there in the glory of God, seeing Christ's face. And that's how those disciples felt when they heard that booming voice from out of the cloud. This is my son, my beloved, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him and oh, guess what? You didn't. Or at least it didn't sink in all of the way. And now you're there in front of the throne of God and you're probably on your hands and your feet and you're just bowing down hoping that the worst won't come to you. Because you know you've sinned. You know that you haven't fulfilled what He had given you. You know that you have no rightful place to be there. And you know that Him in all of His righteousness, in all of His justice, in all of His glory could just easily snap His fingers and you would disappear. Or even worse, He could snap His fingers and you could be in a place of eternal judgment and eternal torment, which is where, well, you belong. And then all of a sudden you feel a hand on your shoulder. And he says, get up. Do not be afraid. And that's Jesus. And maybe that's what it'll be like. Maybe this picture of transfiguration is the picture of what our first few moments in the resurrection are going to be like. All of a sudden, filled, filled with fear and awe and wonder. Knowing that we are in a place that we don't belong. So much so that we're driven to our knees, to the ground. Until our Lord comes. And He puts His hand on us. And He says, get up. Do not be afraid. This resurrection is yours. I bought it for you. On that cross that I died upon. And I gave you a glimpse of what this is going to be like. I gave you a glimpse in my transfiguration. I gave you a glimpse in Easter. Get up. Do not be afraid. You have seen a glimpse of what you're headed towards.